Welcome to episode 187 of the Movie City Maniacs. On tonight's episode, our Indiana Jones series continues with The Last Crusade from 1989. I'm Kyle. I'm Maddie. And I'm Adam. And we are here continuing our series with the end of the series, uh, The Last Crusade. <laughs> the last movie in the series. <laughs> the Last Crusade from 1989. There is no other Indiana Jones films. Uh, no, uh, of course, we're, we're covering the third film. There's two more now. Going to be a fifth oh. one coming out uh, any, and we, any week we, now. We've got an episode where we're going to cover Crystal Skull next week. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen it before, so that'll be interesting. Oh, that's going to be awesome. You're in for a treat, buddy. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we're, we're going to cover the new one, but it's going to be on another episode. Dial of Destiny, yeah. It, it will be like in a what we've been watching section just because... Probably in our upcoming Mission Impossible series. We have all the numbers laid out and t- for us to you know have everything work out. Out, it wasn't going to work out for that to get its own episode, but uh, that's okay. Yeah, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm very interested how this is going to, how I'm going to feel about this, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, yeah, I guess uh, any, any exciting. So I think I'm going to dive in because <laughs> yeah, I haven't been talking about television, which has has been making yeah Kyle pretty pretty happy. I think it's been some of the best episodes, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to talk about a lot of television because we had this. Kind of crazy week where everything ended, right? Four shows ended, so I'm going to talk about four shows okay. really quickly here. Um, the big one uh, for me, I think uh, the, the one that cemented uh, Barry. I'll I'll, I'll get to Barry. Uh, okay, is Succession? Oh, Succession. That's right. Um, so Succession ended. This is the series that almost like follows a Murdoch esque yeah. family. Uh, and before the season, I would have said this is in the running for like. One of the all-time greats. Uh, you know, we, we've had a few end over the last few years, but this is, you know, it's it's in the running. Maybe it's not quite at the other level. Um, season four was unfreaking believable. I think it's one of the greatest television seasons awesome. ever. Um, so I won't go into it too much. I think uh, there's episode three for anybody that's watching probably would agree is just just unbelievable it just knocks you uh and 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 surprises you it's also one of the funniest shows i'm gonna give it uh as a show 9.5 oh rushmore eh yeah it's 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 rushmore i think uh, oh awesome level and uh yeah the final season might be might be a a 10 uh that good eh it's that good every every week was like how are they gonna are they just like 45 minute episodes they're about an hour and actually the 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 final the final episode was an hour and a half it was like a movie but it was just fucking flies yeah. by it's not one of these shows that has bloat which we'll get to now yeah ted lasso season three which is 
uh, up in the air whether or not it's the final uh, season, Coming but back. it seems like it's going to be the final season. Jason Sudeikis, supposedly didn't want to do it anymore. So this went from like a sitcom, half an hour episodes, to now they've all bloated out, and they're all between like, I think the shortest was like 45 minutes. The longest, the last episode is like a, an hour and 15, hour and 20. <laughs> so it's like tripled. So much bloat. It's... It it's very messy as a season. What's doesn't go away is you love being in the room with these people and what's going on. I just don't know what why they decided to be a prestige TV show. It doesn't make any sense. It's probably the only thing that Apple TV has going on right now that's like well, getting any traction. And I guess they gave Sudeikis basically like carte blanche, do whatever yeah. you want. I think to try to keep him around, which didn't work. Bill Lawrence who was working on the show as well, who did Scrubs and Cougar Town and a few other Joy things. Joy Lawrence's brother, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think he didn't have much to do with this, and he was the sh- showrunner previously. Yeah. And it shows. I still find it a very enjoyable season, but I, I, I just don't understand why, why they changed the format, even though it's still a situation comedy, a workplace comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to give the final season... I think a six point five, a seven, and and, and probably seven point five for the whole. Do you think there's gonna be some sort of show. merger between Ed Lazo and the uh, Yellow Jackets? They're gonna kind of have like a crossover, like Let's one hope so. season, like the Christmas episode, maybe. <laughs> like the, uh, the their team goes down too. <laughs> so uh, uh, I, there's actually five Yellow Jackets <laughs> yeah, season finale, but I didn't watch the uh, the whole thing. Oh, that's good because I, I I'm about five seasons into it. I was hoping to get finished before. Um, this tonight, but um, so uh, solid season. I don't think as good as the first season. I, I feel like the present day stuff. Sorry, what are adults, we talking about? Now? Yellow jackets. Oh, yeah. oh, you did finish it, or you yet to finish it? I finished it. Oh, okay, uh, I wasn't gonna. I, I forgot because it's not a <laughs> series finale. Yes, um, I'm gonna give this one seven point five. I think I, I still think the stuff with uh, the teenagers when they're trapped so is, good. It's so good. I, I find some of the other stuff meanders and, and they're they're like biding time. You know, they yeah. mapped out the whole thing. I think the earlier stuff is more interesting than the, mm-hmm. the later stuff and it held, holds me back. I like season one a little bit more. Um, still a great show. Really good. Uh, Barry, se- <laughs> season four, the f- uh, finale. Did you watch this? I did watch it, yeah. I, uh, I, I watched actually season three because I started watching the first episode of season four. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So turns out I didn't even watch season three. Oh, so wow. I'm like, fucking A, man. I got nice. like so much Barry. So I watched season three of Barry. What a f- crazy fun show that has uh, Bill Hader, uh, Stephen Root, uh, Henry Henley Winkler, Winkler. And I don't know who this guy's name is, but he plays NoHo Hank. And for some reason, he's my favorite character in the show. Yeah. He is such a charming. A- a- Anthony Corrigan. And it also has um, she's a Canadian actress. I can't. Uh... Uh, the girl from the night house. Um Yes, yeah. I, I, I'll think of her name in a mm-hmm. while. So, uh, like, it changes in tone, too. I just find, like, Bill Hader is an incredible director. He directs most of the episodes, mm-hmm. all the episodes in season four, and a lot of them uh, in, in season three. I feel that he is getting, uh, uh, as the seasons go on, he started off as this, like, a hard-nosed killer uh, who was uh, an assassin. They took an acting class, and now he is this kind of like almost like a Homer Simpson dope that can kill people. Did you notice that he gets dumber and dumber as the seasons go on, but he gets funnier as the seasons go on in like yeah. a weirdly morbid way. He also isn't as much part of the show as it goes on, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, interesting. Sarah Goldberg is the, uh. the name of the, the lead actress. Um, I do really like it. The, it. the ending is 
bizarre. It is bizarre, but it worked really well. Yeah. Because it goes to like a couple years in the future. Like most shows are doing that these days. They'll kind of like do like a cut. Yeah, and the, like the like time five, jump. Ten years in the future. I find Steven mm. Root actually ends up being the MVP of the final season. <laughs> he always is. As the Raven. But even Noho Hank is so charming and oh, yeah. so despicable at the same time. That's the problem with this. Everyone is so charming and so, you hate them so much. Yeah, no one's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everybody's funny and it's tense. It's mm. really tense. Uh, I think I'm going to give the show as a whole maybe 8.5 in the yeah. last season and 8. I think the last season yeah, didn't, didn't elevate it as much as it. Uh, there were some episodes where I was like, holy shit. And then other, other episodes you could sell, see he was swinging for the fences. Didn't quite hit it. <laughs> but it was also like, why did it go all Lynchian all of a sudden? It was these weird things where like it, it drops these like comedic beats in the most tense scenes. Like they'll have oh, yeah. Fred Armisen just in the background like sweating. How and he's good like, is that scene? Well, well, <laughs> oh, it, is that Fred Armisen? Like you would you blink yeah. and you miss him and then you're like, yeah, that guy's trying to kill me. There's <laughs> him like nervous and shit. Like, so what are you gonna give it? I was gonna give it eight. Yeah, eight. Yeah, yeah. I really I really dig this show. Yeah, it's 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 quite uh good. Uh and then uh the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> yes. Uh, you you finished this too, right? Eh? Yeah. Uh, I've always really enjoyed this. I, I found this is, the, I think, the fifth season of the show. I thought the fourth season was running out of steam. Steam. I found the. I've, I, I know Kyle hasn't seen this, so I don't know. Did you end up watching season one or no? I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Uh, yeah, I, I was recommending this to you and your wife actually uh, not too long ago. Yeah. Um, you yeah. you've seen? Yeah, yeah. I finished. Uh, I just finished it this, this week, actually. Oh, so yeah. I found the fifth season really affecting. It it, it pulls you through because you get to see her life kind of play out because it has like a her going back and like yeah, I remember that show. It's almost like a be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. Like she, while she's fighting for to be a star, she doesn't understand that that's the best time of her life. Mm-hmm. And once she's a star, it all falls apart. It all falls apart. Her kids hate her. Her and uh, uh, what's her face? Not Sally. Uh, but. What is uh, her manager, Susie? Susie. It kind of are like on the outs and what have you. But it's, I love. It is beautifully shot, almost like, yeah. a, like, a, like a Broadway musical, how well this is shot and how well it all comes together. All like the dolly shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's really engaging. And the dialogue is so whip smart. Tony mm-hmm. Shalhoub, every time he's on screen, is unbelievable. He's a national treasure. And he's so funny. All the time that when he drops, there's a scene in the second last episode when he's having dinner with his buddies and he just like talks for like five minutes and says the most heartbreaking thing you've ever it heard. Chills me. Like thinking about yeah. that scene, it, it's like you waited five seasons and now mm. he's just this comedic foil, and then you see the heart of him and mm. what he actually feels and what he feels like he's missed. Ooh, it, it, it gets you right. It like gets goosebumps. You. Uh, and you notice in the flash forwards, he's never there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't think he. Uh... I don't think he makes it. Um, so I, I, I thought I'm giving. I think both the season and the yeah. show an eight. Yeah, I was giving the season eight point five. But yeah, and the yeah. show probably eight. Yeah, uh, seven point five eight. Yeah, because I did feel like the fo- mm-hmm. the I, I really really like the first two seasons. Yeah. Third season's okay. Fourth season's kind of a dud. Yeah, the one with that was she's opening up for the musical act. I'm like, it kind of gets a bit. The third season. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, but but uh, yeah, I, I I they really brought it home. So, anyways, that is uh, TV, <laughs> TV corner. corner. <laughs> I thought I'd just get that all out let, of the let, way. Let's turn that dial into something and, Kyle's been watching. And also because that that <laughs> has been like the. The uh, end of TV, and and really like there, yeah. there's almost never been a time mm-hmm. where that many high profile shows, and really it's the Maisel's not as high profile as the other three. It should be though, I think. Like, I, I think it, it it totally deserves as well. Mm. 
All right. Well, what, what, what slash did you watch? What, 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 what 2007 movies did you watch? <laughs> uh, I did watch a 2007 movie. Uh, Primeval? Primeval? Is that oh, the alligator one? Uh, crocodile, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I guess this is the year of the the killer croc because we Cause have Rogue too, right? Rogue and Blackwater. Oh, they're both 2007? So I've seen those other two. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure I like those other two. Uh, Rogue, I, I remember liking quite a bit. Uh, this is the one I'd never seen, directed by Michael Cadelman. Uh, stars uh, Dominic Purcell, Orlando Jones, Brooke Langton from Swingers fame. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dominic Purcell, I don't, I think, I, I know him as like the bad guy. He was Dracula in like the, the third Blade film that was like terrible. He was like a big, muscular, <laughs> dopey looking Dracula, which I, I don't know who that actor is. I think he was on the show Prison Break or something, yeah. but he's a big muscly bound dopey looking dude um he's not he's not a good actor none of them were really great in this um i guess this is orlando jones (laughs) orlando jones let me i'll talk about him at the end (laughs) okay um but yeah so this is i guess inspired by true story there there was a there is a croc actually in uh so it's burundi africa this croc apparently has killed 200 people and it's still alive there um, so that that's what this film is about. Uh, this one journalist played by Dominic Purcell, which again I don't get. They have him as a journalist. He's a big, muscly, bound, <laughs> shaved head dude, but he never does it's, anything it's with it. It's Mark that. Wahlberg as a scientist. Yeah, does yeah. he? Does he work or, be like yeah, Vin Diesel as a, a journalist? And does it's he like, walk why? Saying stuff like you know, I'm pretty mighty, but uh, no, like he doesn't. The pen is mightier, <laughs> and he takes out his pen and writes down some shit. <laughs> he doesn't do any. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. It's he's a weird casting choice. Anyways, he's this journalist. You find that he's uh, in a bit of trouble because he. Uh, I guess the story came out. Um, that was based on false info that he ran with. Uh, so he kind of gets thrown into this, not by choice, but kind of like, mm-hmm. you got to do this if you want to resurrect your career. Uh, Brooke is this, uh, I guess she does like a lot of stories on nature and animals, like na- kind of cheesy, like when animal attack type stories. And then um, Orlando Jones is uh, Purcell's friend. He's the cameraman. You also have a hunter there that's in there to try to kill the croc for revenge that they tell you why. And then there's an animal expert that wants to capture the croc. We don't want to kill it. Um, But when they get there, of course, the croc is only the small part of the problems because uh, there's this warlord in Africa who's taken the title Little Gustav uh, <laughs> instead of the, the croc is Little uh, Gustav. And uh, yeah, and it's like all the war and turmoil going on in Africa. Like oh, so it's not becomes, even about a killer croc. Well, that that it is. That's a, the problem with the film. It doesn't know what it wants uh, to be. It's being this silly croc where you have this giant CGI croc chasing people and jumping through cars and all this kind yeah. of crazy shit. But then you have this stuff where warlords are fucking shooting a mother and a son and father, you know, or chopping off a head. Mm. Happy um, times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's, it, it's kind of this weird. Like, what do you like? I, some of that stuff is interesting, and maybe with a better team behind it, it could have worked. But again, you have this, which I, I don't know. It it's it, it didn't work. a bit of a I, again. I had fun with the croc stuff, but. Um, yeah, I don't know if it all if it all worked. It was it was fine. Like I didn't hit it. But so let me just talk about Orlando Jones. I just wanted to t- uh, mention uh, really quickly two quotes he has. So he's he's kind of like he's not that funny in this. Um, so his lines are, I guess, because the whole thing starts is this um, th- this white uh, woman's over there from America, whatever she's doing, like a you know a piece a missionary or yeah a missionary yeah. thing. Anyway, she gets killed by the croc, and then his line is. Um, you know what? This crocodile is like, I won't do an impression uh, to offend people. You know what? Uh, this crocodile is like O.J. Simpson. He messed up when he killed that white woman. <laughs> and, then, and then his other one, uh, where he pretty much says slavery is a good thing. 
I never say this in front of a bunch of white people, but slavery was a good thing. Anything you got to do to get the fuck out of Africa is okay with me, where he's just like, you know, he's had enough with Africa. But yeah, anyways, those are the lines in the movie. All right, Orlando Six out of ten. Um, it was fine. Um, but yeah, I do feel like, like, do one or the other. Like, there's kind of stuff where the soldier's trying to rape the womb. woman. Like, it goes really dark at times. Then it's like we a have a CGI crocodile. large crocodile literally jumping through a car and attacking people. Yeah. It's like one or the other people. Um, what else do you guys have? Maddie? I watched um, uh, Into the Wild from 2007. You guys have seen this, right? About this kid who... Uh, decides- Kyle hasn't saw this, seen oh. this. I, I, I covered it in the other episode. Oh, he- that's right. It's this guy who decides to leave it all behind and uh, find adventure and find uh, solitude and... Uh, this kid is such a, a self righteous little jerk yeah. off. It's like it's so hard to like uh, get behind him on his adventures. Like yeah, fuck mom, fuck dad. I don't want to live their lives. Like oh, you self righteous little. You're like, can I live those, their lives? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I exactly. Can take over he just seems like a such a whiny kid, but like. The, the real treasure of this movie is literally the friends he meets along the way. Yeah, the road trip part drink, is great. He meets like Vince Vaughn, who's this guy who uh, owns like a farm, so he kind of like, gets along with him. They have a great time. Like, uh, but he's pal- also got illegal satellites on the side, palling around yeah. at the bar. He meets Hal Holbrook, and Hal Holbrook pours his heart into this kid who could have been like his grandfather. And the guy's like, "Nope, I'll see you later. I'm going to Alaska." Just yeah. kind of like it's so heartbreaking. Hal Holbrook does this great. Beach where he's like, you know, I, I lost my wife and my daughter, and like, you're the first person I found that I actually I care about. So if you want, I could adopt you, and like, I could be great. He's like, he's like, nope, I'll see you later. Like, he's such can, a, do you mind if we talk about this when I get back? And that's actually what he says. Yeah, the, the kid's almost like it's like a sociopath. He doesn't care about anybody but himself and like or, his adventure. But this journey, yeah, right. Like, and, and you almost have to. The one thing I will say is you have to respect this guy's commitment because. He does this for years and does not mm. waver at all. So he, yeah, is he a little? I agree with you. Like yeah. all this, like you're a, a white guy. You, you, you that's you, your privilege you, is giving you this. You opportunity. read uh, Catcher in the Rye once, and it gave you some ideas as what what you're fucking right. doing right now. You know what I'm saying? It even like talks about like a uh, Kerouac and all them guys. Like he's like, uh, I, I read uh, I read authors because I'm smart. And I'm, I'm, yeah. Um. <laughs> But yeah, and yeah. then he's got Catherine Keener, and I mentioned the other guy oh, yes. who, who's incredible, and he's not an mm. actor. Oh, that's crazy. He's not an actor. They, he was doing teaching people how to boogie board, or I don't know <laughs> that's what. That's crazy because he's amazing in this. Amazing. Ugh. He might be the other than Hallbrook, who I think yeah. probably should have got a uh, best supporting actor. I think so too. He, he killed that. He's so good in that movie. I don't, I don't, did you give your rating? Yet? Yeah, I'm thinking it's seven. I think I gave it a seven as yeah. well. I don't know if we mentioned, but for listeners to, that are just tuning into our show, we are we've been watching a lot of 2000 mm. films because we are leading 2007 up, 2007 films. Sorry, because we are leading up to our big uh, the beginning of the year. We drew some name or drew some years, end up with 2007, and like we do at the end of every year, you know, best of 2022, we'll be doing best of 2023. Um, uh, I guess early next year, um, but uh, yeah, we chose 2007, so we are going to be covering the best, the top ten horror and overall picks. And of we're getting year. close. It it, it 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 creeps up on you uh, pretty fast. I, I think it'll be in July, late July, right? Ooh. So, and then we might also be having some. Yeah, so we're going to have some uh, uh, guest podcasts uh, probably starting next week, and they're going to come on and uh, probably one an episode, and they're going to give their best of 2007, and maybe even. Just after our episode, we might have a few others because uh, uh, there's uh, there's a lot of interest in 2007. Yeah, man. It's a good year. 
Um, well, I'm going to go away from 2007 and also Boo. give a hint to our quote-unquote slasher series Yay. that's coming. Uh, and this is a quasi-slasher. A lot of stuff with slashers you have to go, is this a slasher? Is this not a slasher? Mm. Like, There's the quintessential slasher, like Final Girl stuff. Yeah. And then there's all these gray areas, and Blue Sunshine, directed by <laughs> Jeff Lieberman, is definitely in that gray area. This is the guy that did Just Before Dawn, which mm-hmm. I, I think definitely is a slasher that, yeah. that we uh, just covered in our Backwoods horror uh, movies. And this is basically just people going insane because maybe they took a drug and then killing people on rampages. You've seen this, haven't you, Kyle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, their hair's falling out. Yeah, the- their hair's falling out, and that's a sign. And there's this guy that he's he's figuring out this along the way. He knows something's up, but now he's getting blamed for the murders potentially. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of a Larry Cohen picture, like a lot of like trying to have lots of messages under uh, uh, underlying this very kind of stupid movie on top, and like mm-hmm. with a lot of bad acting. But there's something about it. Like there's this bravado in the filmmaking that this guy just will try anything there's this one scene where the mother is losing her mind and the the drugs are taking over and she's about to go psychotic and the kids are just yelling in the other room i want dr pepper i want dr pepper i want dr pepper like over and over and over you got this crazy chaotic and then she starts going around with a knife trying to kill the dude and it's really crazy and there's just scene after scene of there's stuff in the mall that is just bonkers at the end yeah isn't there like a big muscular dude or big yeah football player guy and he's like at the end just losing his mind and like running into people and killing people and throwing them off stuff um again it it's it's uh i guess this is it's several different stories happening at the same time isn't it like several you follow several different people throughout uh, the journey you'll you'll get into other people's mindsets the cops and, Mm -hmm. and but it's mainly about this one kind of lead character the guy from the cabin that they're having a party and then he yes. kind of gets... Edited. Yeah, it opens up in a cabin, and that stuff barely makes any sense. Yeah. Like, they're just dancing, and all of a sudden, this guy fucking loses his mind. It throws, like, three people into, like, a fireplace. Yeah. yeah. This is kind of... I say, and I, I, I think this is true for the most part, I don't like bad movies, but this is the kind of bad movie that I like, where there's actually talent going around. They're earnestly it, trying to make a movie. And it's in a fucking blender... That no one else would put these ingredients in, and then mm. you get something really, really unique. Even just before dawn has a bunch of that kind of yeah. weird stuff where you're like, "Why is this in the, this movie?" Um, so I think I'm going to give it a seven. Nice. Nice. Uh, you go ahead. Um, yeah, I guess talking about our leading up to our two hundredth episode is that what we're leading into? Yeah, <laughs> our top one hundred slashers. Um, yeah, I did. Wa- I've been watching some slashers, obviously. Uh, 1988, I checked out Cheerleader Camp. Now, Vinegar Syndrome recently had their big, uh, you know, uh, June sale. They do yep. middle of the year, and then they do the, I guess it's, I figure what this is called, but they do the Black Friday, November, and then they do this one. Um, but yeah, they, they, do, they always uh, sell two secret titles. So you pay the money not knowing what these titles are. And I'm always an idiot yeah, and drop yeah, the yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes you're happy and sometimes you're not. I don't know why I do it because you don't really get it deal really on it um i guess you save the ship you pay the shipping then instead of paying it later but yeah there's not really much of a point in doing it anyways i dropped it down because everyone kept on hinting that the two titles are going to be cheerleader camp uh from 1980 and then the next film that i'll talk about um 
And both of those sounded kind of exciting. These are two slashers I hadn't seen. They're kind of like these gems. They looked awesome. The cover um, of this one is kind of an iconic yeah. cover. Yeah, it's like a cheerleader, and she's like a skeleton. A skeleton, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's doing um, like a pom-pom yeah. jump. Give me a D. And give he, me an I. Give me an E. <laughs> anyways, to no one's surprise, if you do follow Vinegar Syndrome, they always hype it up like, it's the long this long-lost slasher, that, a favorite You're of everyone's. Love and then this. it's two films you've no one's ever fucking heard of. In this case, it ended up being Night Screams, which is kind of this... I knew It's a slasher I've known about. I've wanted to watch it, so I'm kind of excited yeah. about it. And then the other one was... A, a kind of a martial arts movie where she starring <laughs> Cynthia Rock and she's tracking down a serial killer. Huh. So the, the, you know they kind of go again. Like, is it a slasher? Yeah. Maybe, who knows? Maybe I'll watch both of these and they'll be better than the two that it wasn't. Yeah. Because um, I will say this one didn't necessarily live up to the hype. Um, anyways, this one it's directed by John Quinn. It does have a great cast. Uh, Betsy Russo uh, from she was like the the hot kind of uh, competing love interest in private school. She's oh, okay. a tomboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she's in like all the Saw films, apparently. Um, I, again, I didn't know yeah, who I she was yeah. when I saw those, but I guess she's done like five of them. She's one of the recurring characters yeah. in it. Um, it has teen idol Leif Garrett. Oh, shit, yeah. Who is, uh, you know, a rock star actor. Bit well, of he's in The Outsiders, in right? Yeah, he's in The Outsiders. Um, I think he had like, his career went to shit with all the drugs he did. Oh, hey, man. Uh, Lucindia Dickey, who, uh, the star of Ninja 3, the break-in films. <laughs> uh, and then Lori Griffin, who is the uh, the blonde girl in Teen Wolf. She's the one like competing with, is it Muffy? Boof. Buff? Boof. Boof? Okay. Yeah, anyway, she's the one that's not Boof. She's the... <laughs> the the, 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 the non-Boof. Is she a cheerleader in that? Cheer- Probably. Yeah, that? <laughs> Anyways, so the film, it lives up to the title. Cheerleaders go to a camp. Um, you have the one lead girl. She's tormented by these dreams. You can tell it came out after Nightmare on Elm Street because the dreams, they don't go anywhere. They're not that interesting. Like mm-hmm. she has scratch marks on her shirt. Like obviously, Freddy Krueger yeah. trying to like get on get on that fad. But it, it never like shows any does anything with it. You have Corey, who's the mascot, who's constantly ridiculed. But again, like this is a hot cheerleader girl come on uh you had the ditzy girl the slutty girl the overweight funny dude um who Hello. you know going they're pulling up in the camp and he's mooning them and he dresses in drag later on so he can spy on the the women's sunbathing and then <laughs> uh, and then you have the lead guy who is leith garrett who is like it seems like uh meatballs but with yeah, like uh, well, all these films it's kind of yeah. like you know, the, the, but yeah, Leif Garrett, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, that guy's got this mullet, which I guess in the 80s was cool, but he's got this receding hairline. Like, if you look at this dude, <laughs> you're like, this guy's the kind of guy that is begging for sex, whereas in this film, he, every cheerleader wants to, wants to fuck him, which makes no sense. Um, and then you have, like, you know, the side characters, which always make these kind of films. There's this cheerleader that's, like, peeping on the cheerleaders, cheerleaders, and he gets caught, and the one guy's like, line of duty, more like line of dirty. <laughs> Like just cheesy stuff, and then there's another great line where he's this old, the old pervert kind of groundskeeper guy's checking them out, and he's like, "The one in the orange skirt, name your peep, makes your peepee harder than a ten pa- pound bag of nickel jawbreakers, won't it?" <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> um, you get like the cheerleaders doing their cheer, and it's like a rap song. So this came out like I guess when rap right, music right after breaking. So yeah, it's totally them doing this bad bad rap cheer um, can, can i hear can i hear some of it or i didn't write that down <laughs> i'm not gonna put you guys to that well the one thing it does have going for it though is the kills like it, you got a hedge clippers to the back of the head a, a distant disembowelment with a a, a sky scythe sick S- yeah sick sickle 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 uh, a bear trap to the face um but yeah it is one of those films like those are exciting and there's stuff to like about it. again i like all like the shen- shenanigans mm. with the the dude mooning and stuff but like 
the rest of the cast is so boring and there's a lot of drama in between that, yeah, it, it takes a while. You're just kind of waiting for the next kill or yeah. something. So I'm going to still give it six out of 10. Like, it's fine. Mm. And I might be being generous with that. Again, some of these ones like you watch, again, I had to watch this on a shitty, you know, YouTube transfer on my phone. Maybe, you know, when it comes out on Blu-ray, a, I'll be in the right mood and have realistic expectations. I think I went in with high expectations for this one, but it, it, it was fine. Um, awesome. Whether it makes the top 100, I, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Um, what else you guys what else have? You watch? So uh, I'll go into 2007 uh, with a movie that you you guys both have talked about. What could uh, it be? There Will Be Blood. Uh, this is Paul Thomas Anderson's uh, film that goes and just basically follows this oil prospector, uh, Daniel Plainview, that is played with uh, by Daniel Day-Lewis and all his Daniel Day-Lewis-isms. Um, <laughs> He's ba- he's he's just unbelievable in this movie, uh, and and so is basically everyone that's around him. Paul Dano is is great, and even the side characters, the, mm. you know, uh, Kieran Hines, Kevin J. O'Connor, who plays his long lost brother, yeah, maybe, <laughs> uh, and and the kid is is quite good in this uh, too. But man, is this fucking epic! Yeah. Just like everything, I hadn't seen this one in a while. Like I think I watched it a bunch of times right when it came out, mm-hmm. and and probably haven't seen it. I don't know, 13 years or, or uh, so. It's probably a good time to do uh, 2007. You get to watch all these fun movies again. Maybe. That's in a, a bunch of cases. I don't know if I'd call this a fun. No. <laughs> okay. This yeah. is bleak. The right this way. is like, a bleak but movie. It, 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 it's a great time to watch this movie. <laughs> it, it, is, it is bleak, but it is also like showmanship everywhere mm. in terms of like the directing, in terms of the performances. Like, there's cl- like. Paul Dano is fucking despicable, but also electric in a lot of those scenes. Yeah, um, I hate him so much. I just want to wring his neck in every scene. You really do. Um, and so does Daniel Plainview. Uh, you know, you you, you hate him. He's, he's an evil but bastard. You, but you could tell how, why people would fall in love with him because yeah. there is like a charm there, and like, a, okay, he's manipulating you, but like he's a bastard, like, but he's like, not like, annoying. Whereas yeah. Dano is just super mm. annoying in this movie. <laughs> Um. Yeah. He. But he's. He. It's a great performance. Yeah. But, he's. Yeah. He definitely like. He's this almost like pre Billy Graham esque character. Yeah. Um. Evangelical kind of character, and he. And he. It really. He steals scenes. Which, when you're in a in a scene with, with Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. And you steal a scene. That's you fucking crazy. Good. But yeah, like the, the amount of kind of fucking blood and guts you feel in every goddamn moment yeah. of this thing. Uh, really hits you hard. I've, the soundtrack uh, uh, by Johnny Greenwood just is as impactful as I remember. It's mm-hmm. it's incredible. Um, yeah, this this is uh, it's making my uh, my. There's been some really heavy hitters in in this year, and this is joining. And I'm going to give it nine point five, which wow. I, I've already given a nine point five, which probably is the first episode ever I've given two two uh, out. But it just happens that. Uh, there's two really special. He's things. very generous. generous I'm a very generous name. guy. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah, you know, <laughs> see with my next picks. Go ahead. Uh, I did another slasher. So the other film that was not the Vinegar Syndrome. Now this one I, I kind of wish was. Uh, this is Body Count from 1986. This is uh, directed by. But doesn't have the Ice T song. Body Count. <laughs> Body Count. Uh, I don't know. Is this pre that song? Yeah, it's yeah pre-cat, definitely pre that song. Pre-that song. Um, so this directed by uh, is it Regaro Diodato, the director of Cannibal Holocaust, House on the Edge of the Park, uh, Raiders of Atlantis. Okay. Famous Italian director. Mm. Body Count. Um, <laughs> 
Stars J- Charles Napier from Rambo 2 and David Oh, Hatch. I love Charles Napier. Uh, and David Hess, of course, from The Last House and Left and a bunch of other horror films. Uh, and score by Claudio Sim- Simonetti from uh, oh, wow. Goblin fame. Awesome. The score is great in this. So this is definitely, again, coming out. Friday 13th films are kind of hot. This is Italians doing their version of it. A gang, uh, you have a bunch of teenagers drive to this abandoned campsite that's been shut down. I guess it was shut down years before because there was uh, a murder there. Uh, but they're hoping to stay there. And there's also this um, legend of possibly this, you know, this this camp was built on this Indian barrel, burial ground. So there's, you know, they a lot of people think that the murders were done by this Indian shaman and, and whatnot. But yeah, it, it's kind of your typical Friday the 13th. The kids are there. They get killed off one by one. Uh, th- lot of There's a lot of kills in this. Um, and mostly, uh, fun obviously, all done by practical effects. This nice. is pre CGI, of course. Uh, but yeah, you're getting like uh, meat hooks to the back of the head. Does, does it look crazy like Cannibal it, Holocaust it looks or good. like that? Um, like, it looks good, yeah. It looks yeah. pretty good. Um, and again, who knows? This is one of those things where the deep Blu ray will come out and there'll be like an unrated, yeah. you know, the kills weren't, you know, on VHS word edited or something. But you get no, night, um, throat slit, uh, a stabbing from underneath the bed, just like the Friday the 13th. Mm. Uh, impalement on a spear, axe to the head, kind of all the what you would expect. There's this great scene where this woman's hiding out, she's getting chased, and she hides out like in a, you know, in, in a tree, kind of like a log, you know, one of those ones where the inside is, is hollowed uh, out, hollowed out, and like she's Fred hiding Penner? there. And all of a sudden, the, the killer's putting the knife through the the different parts of the log, and she's going to each side, and then like they cut away, and you're like, you you know, obviously yeah, okay. he got her. Well, you're assuming that yeah. they got her, and then the boyfriend. And then it cuts the next scene. The boyfriend finds her. He sees the body, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Like he's gonna turn her around, and you're gonna see she's all cut up. Yeah. But it's a great jump scare. She, she turns around, and maybe I'm, I shouldn't be spoiling yeah. this, but it's the fucking killer wearing her. He's got like this scary mask, but he's wearing her outfit, and he just turns around and fucking attacks. Oh, that's the guy. awesome. Um, yeah, it, it, it's quite good. I'm gonna give this one seven out of ten. Um, oh, cool. oh, wow. Yeah, one of the better. It um, does seem like something right up my alley. Yeah, I, I think you'd like this again. Like, the, so it's, it's got it's, that Italian score. Starring Hal Johnson and Joanne McLeod. Uh, Body count. Body sure. count. <laughs> Body Johnson. count. Just, I think that's a Canadian thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Again, if you want to see an Italian knockoff with a Goblin score of Friday, 13th, that does sound amazing. Is, uh, actually, this one's for you. Um, shall I go again, man? Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch much this week. I think I got. Yeah, I, got, I really got nothing. I watched up uh, three quarters of the uh, Citizen Kane. I didn't get a chance to finish that. So save, save it. it, save it. Yeah, save yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just have some weird things to talk about with that movie because I feel like it's a cosmic joke on us. This movie and like what's happened in the past like six years. <laughs> so <laughs> interesting. Re- remind me next I'll, week. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, I, I also watched from 2007 Time Crimes. This is. Ooh. Uh, directed by Nacho, Nacho. Uh, Vigalondo. Um, yeah. I, I saw this uh, when it came out, and I really, really mm. liked it. I kind of equate it similar to things like Triangle or Coherence. Uh, it definitely is playing with time. This one I find similar to when I rewatched um, Triangle. Like there are like. Don't think too deep about any of this. Where yeah. coherence was the opposite. When I, I mm-hmm. like the more I read about that, I was like, "Fuck!" They really thought about <laughs> that, didn't they? Um, uh, so I, I can't wait to. Uh, that was a. Mm. I think both Kyle and I saw that kind of in the same 
Uh, no, did you ever yeah. see that one, Matty? Yeah, yeah, I watched uh, the first half, and uh, I had to give it back to the library, but I just bought it. So okay, yeah, that's great. Nice, movie. yeah. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really looking forward to rewatching that. Uh, but this is basically a guy that sees something that's going on in the forest. Are you, and then, we talk about time, time crimes, time crimes, time crimes, yeah. Yeah. and 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 goes into the forest and then sees kind of what's you know what's going on, and it unravels in this almost like somewhat comical sort of way and then he finds himself at this one doesn't the killer place. have like a kind of a like it's a the ban- Jason the kind of like the bait no it's it's a bandana it's a bandages like that mummy? are all uh like stained from blood but they look pink so he's got bandages mm-hmm. all around his head mm-hmm. so he's just seen this kind of killer guy or this what he thinks is this killer guy in bandages and he's running away from him and he's 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 after him and then he makes his way into uh this facility that ends up having a time machine and he keeps kind of going back and loop and I, i'll leave it at that because where it goes mm. is really really cool and interesting and it's a lot of fun the lead performance is a lot of fun i forgot that this movie was like kind of funny like mm-hmm. through, throughout it is, is yeah i remember kind of being a dark comedy kind of um but there are like definitely horror elements throughout would that count as a slasher i'm trying to think i i haven't i again i haven't seen that i don't think so um there are home invasion stuff like there it that could be kind of slashery there's a bunch of kind of but i i I wouldn't count it myself um i'm gonna give it i think i'm gonna give it 7.5 i got a yeah it's between the 7 7.5 i don't think it it doesn't always hit the next heights of, of really being thought provoking yeah. but it has fun with it I think it knows it's not super mm-hmm. super smart as well it's just like trying to set up the scenario and the way it unravels I, I, I really really like and it has a satisfying ending which are, is quite hard during time travel movies mm-hmm. Kyle? Uh, I got one more that I'll end with uh, another slasher uh, this is uh, this was released by Vinegar Syndrome a couple years back uh, I think they released it as Who Done It, but it's probably more popular title is Island of Blood, uh, directed by William T. Nod. Uh, this is loosely based on Agatha Christie's, and then were, there were none, but very like you know cheesy slasher version of it. So this young film crew is invited to this island to film a movie, and someone is going around knocking them off, and they're playing this punk that someone's carrying on a cassette player, and they're playing this <laughs> punk song awesome. that just goes like. Boil me, boil me, face to face, face to face. And I think not to that beat. I don't know. I can't think of the beat. <laughs> um, but then and it'll be like, stab me, stab me, face to face, face to face. And then like, you know, burn me, burn me. Yeah. So they're playing this song and the kill relates to it. So if you're saying boil me, boil me. If you get by live. The killer, yeah, pushes them in the pool and the, the water's like boiling hot. Um, nail me, nail me. They kill a person with a nail gun, burn me, burn me. They throw battery acid on the face. Um, you know, stab me, stab me, stab me, obviously. Uh, speaks for itself. There's a chainsaw in there, too. I don't know if it's was chainsaw me. Chainsaw. <laughs> He's <forget>. buzz me. <laughs> buzz me. Um, it is one of those films, like, it's not going to be for everyone. The characters aren't really that interesting. The reveal is not really shocking. Like, it's kind of obvious. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I like that whole idea of throwing people on an island mm-hmm. in a house and they're getting knocked off and the kills are fine. I love the idea of this so- cheesy 
punk song um and uh you know the kills relating to it so yeah i don't know i found myself entertained i'm gonna go six and a half nice out of ten on that do they one. have fun with it like when they say like boil me boil me there's like a guy boiling a tea kettle so you don't know where the boiling is gonna come from or like i don't think uh, so I, yeah i don't think yeah. i don't remember i don't think so fair enough uh and and my final uh, uh flick that i watched this week was from uh two, 2022 uh this is nanny uh, directed by Nick Nyatu Jusu. Um, Sorry, th- Hulk Hogan? Yeah, it starts <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Very good. Uh, this is the sequel when he's just the nanny. Oh. He's not a mystery yet. Okay. Hogan, that's the one where he's got the plate for the head, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah you got it. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Hulk Hogan episode coming up. Hulk, Hulk, month of, month of uh, Hogan. That would actually Can be an interesting... Can you do a month? Oh, yeah. There's f- more than... There's oh, yeah. a lot of Hulk Hogan oh, movies. I, Thunder in Paradise... Mr. Nanny, Suburban Commando, Three Ninjas, uh, Three Ninjas. No, it's like it's part four. Oh, it's three like Ninjas, in the Mountain uh, or something, and, uh, and uh, Santa Claus with Muscles. So I, I knew yeah. Commando, Santa Claus with Muscles, and uh, and the uh, well, Mr. Suburban Nanny. Commando was the most popular. That was with Christopher mm-hmm. Lloyd, is actually in it. That was like his first kind of big theatrical movie. Oh, and then there's uh, No Holds Barred. Yeah, yeah, Rocky Three. Yeah, Rocky Three. Oh, yeah. We, I yeah. was mainly thinking if we're doing a month, it's got to be or it's a, be a month of wrestlers. Yeah. You could do a month of wrestlers. Like Hogan, pick his best film. Pick like Stone Cold's best. I guess you could do the Rock. Could Shaq be a wrestler? He he didn't he guest star on on uh, WWE? Are you thinking Carl Malone? It was just Carl Malone. I think Carl Malone. Uh, he did a lot. Player. Roddy Roddy Piper yeah. did some like. Oh, oh yeah, no, no uh, Dennis Rodman was the other basketball player. Dennis Rodman, right. Yeah, he actually like yeah. Dennis Rodman wrestled for a bit. Yeah. Anyways, we're getting off track. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I watched Nanny. This is not Mr. Nanny. Uh, this is uh, from a first time, at least feature director, uh, Nick Natu uh, Jesu, who, who's really impressive. Stars Anna Diop as this nanny. She's um, uh, recently from Senegal. She's uh, moved to the States um, and is trying to get her son over in time for his birthday, she's trying to make as much money, and she ends up nannying for this, you know, white family, uh, and they're basically, like, cluelessly terrible, uh, as as you would yeah. think they were. I, I actually thought the, the class stuff was done really well just because the nanny isn't a pushover. She's, like, you know, she's doing her job, she's doing it right, but she's not, she doesn't take shit, so it's not subservient as a lot of these mm-hmm. things. It does start playing... With the supernatural elements a lot. Oh, that's fun. I I just find that they're they're kind of like it's a Blumhouse movie. This is why the movie got made mm. because you it, like I I feel like the supernatural elements would have been there before because I think it is important how it ties together and 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 the spirituality of everything and kind of the horror of that. But it ends up playing it like for really, really overt horror, like, oh, there's yeah. now uh, mold on the ceiling. Where did that come from? And the creepy dreams. Yeah. And uh, I didn't love a lot of that stuff. I thought it could have... sounds similar to that Your House. His House, yeah. Mm. And that was my problem with that one, too. Um, I think the horror was done... would fit more naturally in His House. This might have been more, even just, a, in general, more impressive... Uh, directing debut, and I thought that one was directed as well. Um, but this is there's a really interesting sense of how to have characters in a room and make it interesting, and 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 uh, some great dialogue. I, I just wish it wasn't having to be too, so overtly a horror movie and a genre picture. When I think it would have been maybe like barely a horror movie, and it would have worked. But to make it work so they can sell it. 
you have to have the yeah. the, the mold the, the booga booga stuff that happens in the night. So because of that, I'm gonna give it. I think 5. I'm gonna 5. give it a six point five. Uh, it's it's a good movie. Okay. Uh, I, I I think it's really worth the wa- watch. Yeah. I, I'm gonna be really excited what she does next. And I I guess she does have a quote unquote you know pure horror movie coming out in the next year or two. Um, and and yeah, in really interesting director. It just you know yeah. these days to get movies made, there's not as much space even in independent cinema. Well, that's pretty much yeah. like A24's whole filmography. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a drama with horror elements. But. Well, they, well, they, probably 10% of the movies they put out are like that. But um, The most important ones. The most important ones, yeah, I guess. the ones, A lot of the ones that get talked. And I, I guess with A24, I, I also find that those things are usually done naturally where when it's, it's a, a kind of a larger studio or, or, or Bloomhouse in this, they have to be like, this is a horror movie that like you could sit in a theater and everyone would scream yeah. and shout. Did this even play in theaters? I've never heard. No, of No, I think it was just in, right uh, Amazon Prime's. Yeah, uh, Amazon Studios put this out in 2022. Hmm. It got a little. I, I just missed watching it for our 2022 series. Yeah. It was on my list, so I'm glad I saw it. Uh, cool. Well, with that, I guess let's jump into the reason why we're here. Uh, let's throw up the trailer for Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade from 1989. We're about to complete a great quest. The Holy Grail, Dr. Jones. Oh, rats. Oh. This is it. Look. The shield is the second marker. We found it. Indiana Jones is on the quest of a lifetime. <laughs> but for some adventures, one Jones is not enough. Dad? Junior? Don't call me that, please. Follow me! I know the way! Ah! A race across three continents. And in this sort of race, there's no silver medal for finishing second. Hang on, Dad! We're going in! Into the homeland of the enemy. Nazis. I hate these guys. Our situation has not improved. In his search for the Holy Grail. How dare you kiss me? Are you crazy? Don't go between them! Go between them! Are you crazy? Where's my father? In the belly of that steel beast. Dad! archaeology the quest for the grail is not archaeology it's a race against evil germany has declared war on the jones boys those people are trying to kill us i know dad it's a new experience for me happens to me all the time indiana jones and the last crusade have the adventure of your life Keeping up with the Joneses. In 1938, after his father goes missing while pursuing the Holy Grail, Indiana Jones finds himself up against the Nazis again to stop them from obtaining its powers. Yes, we're talking about what was almost the final Indiana Jones film until they brought it back. 20 years uh, after the 20 fact. 20 years later. <laughs> uh, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade from 1989. 
Um, this, of course, once again, directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, George Lucas has his hands in the story, which I, I'd like to dive into a bit of that. Mm. I don't know if you guys got a chance to, no, to read I did up not. on that. I, I read a, a little bit on it, yeah. This was long time percolating yeah. again. So I think we talked a little bit about this in Temple of Doom. So, uh, yeah, I guess Lucas wanted initially a haunted house movie. But in Scotland. In Scotland, which Spielberg, you know, rejected right away because he mm-hmm. feels like it's too close. It's coming off of Poltergeist. Um, and then and Lucas has this, puts together this treatment. He really wants the Holy Grail. Spielberg's not feeling it. Um, but he's going to have it maybe just be in the, 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 the prologue, the opening, how they always do. Mm-hmm. Um, the, he, he puts together this treatment called Indiana Jones and the Monkey King. The Holy Grail is in the prologue, which, like Adam mentions, is in Scotland, has Indy battling a ghost. But the main story would be Indy finding the Fountain of Youth in Africa. Um, but yeah, this doesn't really go anywhere. Um, again, Spielberg's not loving the Holy Grail, the, the ghost thing. They keep on trying to do a ghost thing for this film, it feels like. Doesn't Chris Columbus write a Yeah, draft? so well, they, that's, so they, they eventually hire Chris Columbus, of course, of Goonies, Gremlins, Famies worked with Spielberg on a lot of projects. Um, so he changes the plot device this time instead of the Fountain of Youth, it's going to be the Garden of Immortal Peaches, which sounds funny. I didn't get a chance to read up what that is. I'm sure it's some kind of real myth. I, I feel it's a Fountain of Youth, but just, uh. A different way of saying it. Um, So in this one, he's battling, again, a murderous ghost uh, in Scotland. Uh, You have Dr. Clark, who is kind of like this Catherine uh, Hepburn-type character. Uh, You have Nazis. Um, This time, though, they're after a 200-year-old pygmy. Um, And in this film, Indiana Jones was going to be killed and resurrected by the Monkey King. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, You also had a cannibalistic African tribe. Uh, a Nazi sergeant with mechanical arm, <laughs> Betsy, a stowaway student who is suicidally in love with Indiana Jones, and a pirate leader who dies eating a peach because sounds terrible. He is not pure of heart. <laughs> He's like something you would see on Space Channel back in the day, right? Like, and they do, they do, they touch it up. Like Columbus does a second draft of that. He gets rid of the suicidal yeah. Betsy character. He adds like now Dash, who is this? I think he owns a bar and is working with the Nazis. Um, this is kind of a cool scene, but again, maybe a little too much, but it was going to have Indiana Jones, um, has to battle, uh, the monkey King makes Indiana Jones battle the, the Nazi leader dash and a game of uh, chess with real people though. And every time they get jumped, they disintegrate. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't this in Harry Potter? Yeah, yeah I was going to say it's know. Harry Potter. Whoa. Yeah. Didn't Chris Columbus yeah. do those? Um, but yeah, it was going to have Indiana Jones battling in the undead still. We got the the, the Monkey King, and he has a rod. Uh, Jones was going to end up marrying Claire at the end. Um, and then, uh, but this... I feel we saw this movie, like, <laughs> that came yeah. out 20 years later. <laughs> well, yeah, Sp- Spielberg pretty much feels the same we did. He kind of looks, and he just feels like, this is just too silly. I'm too old to be doing, like, I don't have interest. This feels like a... You know, a movie for kids that I would have did, you know, when I was 20. Uh, And also the whole negative depiction of the Africans, uh, natives, just uh, they weren't feeling that. So Spielberg is not happy with these scripts. Uh, He comes up with the idea, well, why don't we bring in his dad uh, in there? And you can kind of, you know, focus on that relationship. Spielberg likes to have that Mm father-son relationship in his films. Uh, Lucas isn't feeling that. But it seems like they kind of make a compromise. You want the girl. I want the father-son. We can kind of combine them together, and it can be kind of, you know, 
we can make it a metaphor for the, the relationship to the artifact. Mm. Um, and th- that's so they bring on Menel Mayhees, uh, who uh, just uh, wrote uh, Color Purple for Spielberg. Weird oh, wow. choice to go from the Color Purple to this. And Empire um, of the Sun. And Emp- yeah, yeah. I, Empire of the Sun, did he write the... Like, what did he have to do with that? I was trying to look that up, and I didn't see his name as a writer, but maybe I missed it. Maybe that. he was a touch-up writer? I don't know. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm not too sure. Again, these scripts usually, as you can see, go through, like, we've had a lot of big names yeah. uh, writing like, this. Like, Tom so Stoppard basically writes all of the dialogue between Sean Connery and Harrison Ford in this movie. He's not... Even credited? Even credited. Oh, wow. Now, he got paid. He got paid 120000 just for the spec, and then he had a bonus in it that ended up giving him a million bucks. Oh, yeah. whoa. So he did okay. Yeah, yeah. hey, listen. <laughs> but uh, Mayhew's script, he, uh, he ends up changing. So now there's he had Indian Jones searching for the father. Now there's a nun in there named Chantel. And uh, again, we have the a climax with Nazis. Uh, only this time, one, the Nazi would touch the grill. He would explode. Um, and he still gets credit. Yeah, he does get movie. a bit. So I think there's some. Well, again, I think the stuff of the father they kept some of that. Um, when Henry touches the Grail, he ascends to a stairway to heaven, um, but Chantel decides to stay um, because she loves Indiana Jones. Of course. Um, and then again, he does revises on that. Eventually, there's a female head Nazi added in there. Um, this one has Indiana battling a demon at the Grail site. Um, which he defeats with a dagger with God is King inscribed on it. Um, and then the prologue, and actually the prologue in both the Mayhees was um, Indiana's in Mexico battling for possession of uh, Montezuma's death mask uh, with a man who owns uh, gorillas as pets. <laughs> um, and some of this stuff sounds silly, but again, yeah. you can make it work, right? yeah. especially for a prologue. Um, it's not until, yeah, so Jeffrey Bohm is the one that kind of comes in and he kind of does the script that we know. A lot of the stuff that he writes in there is what kind of kept. There's small changes here and there. The, the big change, I guess, is um, uh, Kazim, who's the guy that is trying to protect uh, the grill, doesn't want anyone going near it. Mm-hmm. Originally, he in the, in the script, he was actually just trying to go after the grill for himself, and he dies by drinking the wrong uh, uh, chalice. Chalice. Um, I think there, there was going to be a battle, uh, a horseback battle, with Indiana Jones and the Grail Knight. <laughs> oh, like um, the 800-year-old yeah, guy? <laughs> well, who knows if he would have yeah. been then. And then uh, Vogel was going to get crushed by a boulder. So there's, there's definitely similar things, but I think that's kind of the one that uh, Spielberg and, and Lucas eventually agreed. And I think that one, too, though, was going to have a different prologue. It was going to be um, uh, something with Aztec relics, and but in Mexico, and then the circus train, which we do get in the film, was mm. going to be in there somewhere. Um, and I think Elsa was actually just uh, spoiler, maybe a good hearted person yeah. in the movie, uh, and not what she, she was. Is a she wolf the SS, but yeah, you can kind of see it. It's really fascinating, like mm. how many crazy ideas get thrown out. And I, I love to, and you see that as my we'll talk about in the next episode too, like Lucas. <laughs> Is usually the one that has the crazy ideas, and he kind of sticks in. I feel like like he just kind of fucking, you know, yeah. just keeps on throwing it out till Spielberg, till Spielberg gives in. You know, fine, I'll take your stupid yeah, idea. Just right. I want this in it then. Um, but I also think, I mean, I think Lucas is a great idea, man. I think he does. I want to see you guys do like an improv scene where you're George Lucas and you're Spielberg. Like, come on, we just need to put this uh, thing in there. <laughs> 
Uh, well, what if we have a character and he's uh, <laughs> 20 feet tall and, and then he, he shrinks uh, uh, and he's able to give him potions and put them in his pocket. He also has, he has a monkey as a pet. What do you think? What do you think there, Steve? <laughs> I mean, it is funny. We think like uh, ghosts and all this yeah. thing sounds silly, but I mean, like, I mean, if you described Temple of Doom, it could sound really silly too. Like, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it that's, is totally that's what silly. I mean. That's what I mean, and it fits. So, like, I think it. I think <laughs> you know, you could make almost all these ideas work. Maybe not all of them, but I, I definitely think, some of them. I guess even like the Knights Templar, it seems like a slight idea. Like, wait, he's gonna find a eight hundred year old dude and he's gonna fight him? Uh, okay, <laughs> why <Yeah>. not? <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, like all of these are over the top, but you do have to still like. There's lines and. Yeah. and and overall, like for me, yeah, George Lucas is a good like general ideas man. I don't want him anywhere near plotting out a movie, mm-hmm. no. because that if you go back and, and look at what he's plotted out, which you know prequels, mm-hmm. uh, and and you know the, it seemed like the most of Lucas's ideas get in the second of these movies, right? Yeah. And they're just this stuff that always feels like what what was refreshing about this. So we we watched the first two movies and and Temple of Doom, which I, I ended up being a little bit let down on, on the last watch. I know you guys still really really enjoyed mm-hmm. it, but the one thing I found is it doesn't feel like an in, what I think an Indiana Jones movie feels like. This movie feels like a fucking Indiana Jones oh, movie. This is almost like a great adventure, right? Yeah. Like. I th- I don't know. I kind of like that they all have their own style. Like mm-hmm. I would argue, even the the next film. I think the next film feels like an Indiana Jones movie too, mm-hmm. um, and, and and it's it, it, there's things about it that are ridiculous. Yeah. But the idea of how you're you're globe trotting, you're going to do yeah. this thing, mm-hmm. uh, all they those three feel more aligned. Then Temple of Doom. Then Temple of Doom does for me in terms of just like Indiana Jones. Um, like mm-hmm. I feel it, it could have been like a, a weird Bond movie, the second one or something. Where uh, this this one, I guess they love the idea that Bond was somehow related. They kept joking <laughs> about it on set because Sean Connery is there. But yeah, like, anyways, this yeah. this movie, the prologue opens, and I'm like, fucking right, Indiana Jones. Yeah. Like that is incredible, yeah. and I wish River Phoenix had lived. Because they had talked about him yeah, playing. Continuing. That would have been like badass, right? Like, because he's actually legit. Mm-hmm. It feels like the same character mm-hmm. when he's playing it, uh, and I like all the callbacks. I like the whip, and he cracks his like lip on it because he and couldn't it, do it. Like it actually, like chin, bleeds. I think yeah. the chin, yeah. chin, yeah. and it's the same scar, yeah. scar that Harrison yeah. Ford has, but he just he's an mm-hmm. Indian, so he has it too. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that opening is so fun, mm-hmm. and it's fun, it's funny because I was watching like. See, man, like if they did this now, you'd have fucking George Lucas would have those draft CGI and they'd be doing something goofy and yeah. stupid. Mind you, I looked up a lot of those were actually mechanical. I didn't realize uh, I a think lot of those draft not, was mechanical. Yeah, like those were the snake. Um, I don't know about the snakes. Yeah, like the rhino. Yeah. Rhino obviously yeah. was, or the big snake is. And yeah. then even later on, like there's a scene in the grave with all the rats. Like all those, I guess when they burn them were mechanical. Because I was like, yeah. but wow, they had, man, I can't they believe had they got to breed like, t- two thousand yeah. rats so they wouldn't be diseased yeah. when they went in there. Isn't oh, that crazy? Awesome. Yeah. But yeah, I, there's something like again that shit fucking mm. worked for me. Like, yeah, I was, it really does. Again, it, when we compare it, I want to keep on bringing up the next film in the next episode. But like, 
there's animals in that film, and that's what like takes me out. <laughs> Which yeah, we'll talk about Ooh. more then. But uh, yeah, I, I I love that opening. I think it is so fun. I lo- it, it again, it's Spielberg at his best with all the mm. different set pieces and the animals. The the even I love how he gets away and the magicians. Uh, um, what do you call that? Like, yeah, that, 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 yeah, that. I, I, it's just yeah, it's just super fun and, and yeah. I love all that stuff. And then we, you know, I this film I do feel like, and, and maybe that's why I love it, I'll say this is a film, one of the films like Temple of Doom I grew up with, but this is the one I taped on VHS and yeah. watched Same. a lot as a kid. And I think this is like after the darkness of part two, yeah. they kind of go for more of a PG. Like there is some blood and stuff still in this one, but it's not he, as... Ra- like, Indiana kills raiders. so many goddamn people in these <laughs> yep. movies. This yeah. is what I finally realized is like, how many people is this guy responsible for their deaths? Like he is a killing fucking mm-hmm. machine. So many people um, die at and not always at his hand, but it's his fault that they died. Yeah. They're all bad people though, other than like <laughs> when he comes and there's people that are guarding the thing that, you know, they're they're just there to guard their whole life and then now they're all dead because of Indy. But yeah. uh, <laughs> um but yeah, well, one thing I love about this film and I understand it it's kind of like the Return of the Jedi, which makes sense that third film, that one mm-hmm. too, coming off of the dark sequel. And the reason why I love that film, I would argue that's my favorite Star Wars film. And, and Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. And uh, spoiler, but this might be my favorite indie oh, film. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think it's just because this is like set piece after set oh, piece yeah. after set piece after set piece. Like, you don't get a time to, to too much to breathe. Like, no. we go from this, then we're cut to present time. He's on a fucking boat during a huge storm fight sequence as the boat is going down. And it's like, and it doesn't really let up from there. Like you get introduced. It's to weird that they the said they didn't think there was enough action in this. Yeah, yeah that's, that's insane, crazy. right? Like well, the, the the motorcycle chase was added in later because of that. Oh wow! Because Spielberg was like, ah, uh, this is there's not enough. There's t-. now it has the most characterization by far of the mm-hmm. three films as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the like there's there's dialogue scenes uh, in the 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 first movie that I think really set it up as well, but they're, they're actually pretty snappy mm-hmm. where this does set up more kind of like talky scenes, but with, well, you, you get to like live in the relationship of like, uh, I guess junior and senior kind of deal. Yeah. Jones. Yeah. The way those two, the yeah. interplay between those two is so fucking good. Yeah, in this. Awesome. I love all the there are that, that, that a ton are of great gags in this movie too, that I actually yeah. dig. Like when they're, uh, he's stamping the books and they're trying to get into the floor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The thing is like making these big loud echo in the chamber in the library. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I didn't even mention, I love like at the very beginning of the river Phoenix when he runs home and he's trying to tell his dad that he's got the cross and his dad's just like, wait, count to 20. And he's uh, dad. And he starts doing this like an open Greek. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, from, from, from that opening, I mean, we pretty much like you have, we go from the library where they find a fucking grave, a underground tomb. From there we go to like a boat chase. (laughs) Oh, um, awesome too. From then, they're caught in a castle and tied up, and there's a great sequence there. And it's the room's on fire, and they gotta escape. A great, even like great the with spinning, the secret room, yeah, yeah the secret yeah. room. Um, there's motorcycle chases, uh, the, the airport uh, scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just one after another, and then the finale. Then you have like plane chases, horse tank chases. Um, what else do we got here? Like the you can Zeppelin. just go on the Zeppelin. Um, what else is there? Uh, did it do the, the battle on top of the tank? Mm-hmm. And then we have 
you know, the whole I'm going really far ahead, and then the the crazy finale with the the, the three trials. Like, mm-hmm. there's just so many exciting set pieces in this, and I think like for the most part, they're all great and they're all kind of fun. Yeah, I like all all, all the set pieces in this. I do have a few qualms. There's all these like cut scenes in this, and I, I the one example I had where it's uh, Jonathan Reese Davies and Indian and, and Sean Connery, and they're in a car, and he basically does exposition dump stuff that you're gonna know from the first shot of the next scene and it's there just to give Connery a joke. And there's a couple uh, of these scenes that are there. What, what is the joke? I'm trying to think It's of that terrible. Scene. I can't even remember the joke. I was going to write it down. I was like, yeah, why am I writing down a bad joke? Like, but I guess in 88, Connery made them pepper uh, more so jokes into his He could be character. more charming. He could be the next Indiana Jones. So while I, I will definitely take all of the, yeah. like these, these literally minute, I, there's probably like four of them in the movie that I, I clocked where there's clearly like their transition pieces, but we know this information and it's there. So Connery can give a gag line. Yeah. Like um, I'll give that up because he's so fucking good in the movie. Who cares if he's, he's pushing his weight around yeah. to be a movie star and saying, Oh, well, I need a little bit more, especially since they don't introduce him till like 40 some yeah. odd minutes yeah. into the movie, which is also great. I love that. I, I I would argue too. This is my favorite of the three scores because, of course, you get the classic Indiana Jones movements. But I love that the Holy Grail score. Just like I don't know, I almost feel like that's what was missing from from Raiders. Like it makes this feel like a special religious artifact yeah. that has like a history. You know, his dad's been searching for this his whole life. It just makes it feel yeah, so special. Yeah, I, I think this I might be my score. favorite score as well. Uh, there's a great moment at the Nazi rally where he has to go get oh, the book. Oh, he, he beats Hitler. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Um, what? Yeah, there's just, it's just like, I feel like it's a sequence yeah, of the I'm not, sequence. Yeah, I'm not in love with that scene, to be honest. Oh, what oh, yeah. do you guys feel yeah. of the uh, love interest? Like El- Elsa? The, the uh, She-Wolf, the SS? I, I like it, because, yeah. well, it's funny. You find out that she's been fucking... Sean Connery as well, yeah. Jo- both Joneses. And I like that it's kind of like, you know, she's she's kind of like there to be the the hot blonde that he mm. sleeps with. But then, you know, obviously, I don't know if we're spoiling too much, but she turns and then, but then there's there's maybe it's it's definitely a step up from the second one when I was yes. cringing every time the the lead. There isn't any real. I feel like she's like character hollow. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I th- not I, quite. I, I kind of like though that they give it that like she's doing this, but she doesn't necessarily agree with everything they're doing but she's doing it to get to where she needs mm-hmm. to i guess she just wants the yeah, holy grail so yeah. she's gonna yeah i think i think you almost have to play that up she never seems that obsessed with it until it has to flip on and be a plot device mm-hmm. I, I, it, it definitely feels like an under yeah i i feel like yeah she doesn't really uh she's no marion ravenwood as yeah. well as what's going on but uh who is right i love the scene <laughs> in the uh the zeppelin uh, ticket, no. and then and then the, that's a great gag, too, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, Henry, his dad, has got the paper, pulls it down. The Nazis caught him. How great was that? I, there's a few gags too, where like they're like searching, and like they have two people there with yeah, newspapers, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's not actually them. They're actually just sitting and having coffee across the street. Yeah, like, that's such a great gag. You it's assume it's them, thing. yeah. But yeah, it ends up Jones uh, knocks the, the Nazi out, throws him out the zeppelin, and then he's like. No yeah, ticket. no ticket. And everyone's freaking out to get their tickets for him. Um, I, the, I love like little things, like the the scene where um the dad jumps into the tank and he's going to save Marcus, and they do their little handshake yeah, yeah, thing, yeah, and it's yeah. like genius of the restoration. And then Marcus is like, 
Aiden or what does he say? Aiden or recitation or <laughs> yeah. something? Or I, I, yeah, I can't read my That's writing awesome. here. But um, Marcus is such a great. Like he knows every language and knows eighteen dialogues. Oh, yeah. He'll be a ghost. He's gone in the wind. You won't even be able to find him. He's even like, excuse me, can you find? Where? Does anybody speak English here? <laughs> <laughs> I just love that he's having so much fun in this role, and I yeah. think like. I don't, there's there's another great moment where like uh, Henry takes the, out the guy with the pen or whatever, yeah. and he's so happy to do this joy yeah. this joke <laughs> like I guess the pen is mighty in this yeah. but you see like the chuckle on his yeah. face he's so happy with this little jokey that like like he's pretty. He I think is that General Elliot di- isn't alive much longer after this. No, movie I think he either. dies like a year. Oh really? Or maybe something, which two or three years. Yeah. Why he's not in any of the the. the Part four, he would have been, and you can kind of tell in that film. Yeah, they kind they of yeah. have kind of. They wanted Connery in, in the fourth film as well, mm-hmm. but he yeah. had retired at that point. Well, I, I, we can talk about it then too, and I think it's also he later revealed it's because they also same with um, what's his name, John Ray, um, Rice Davy. Yeah, that they just they gave him nothing to do. Like it sounded like Rice Davis, they wanted to show up at the wedding at the very last. Yeah, right. And 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 Connery might have been something similar that he's like, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that for that one. Um, what else do we have here? I do, I do think. Yeah, I, I love the trial. I honestly think this. Well, I don't know. Temple of Doom maybe has the better action set pieces because yeah. those. I, I love the minecart chase and the bridge, but I, I actually like this ending better than the. I always felt like the arc of the government is almost like. Um, it's almost like anticlimactic. You get there, he did they open it, they just close yeah. their eye. He's tied up. The ghosts kill everyone. Yeah. The face melt. I mean, it's all cool and stuff, but then it's over. Whereas this, I feel like, is it's a little more exciting. Where he has to do the three I, trials. I love the three. You've trials. heard what yeah, the three trials are, and now mm-hmm. we get to see what they are. And I think it's all fun. And mm-hmm. even how a lot of them are done, like it looks so cool. The one like, where it's like the invisible pathway, and then like mm-hmm. they show up from the side or he throws the dirt, and you yeah. kind of see. Like I don't that know. That always stuck with me. Like even when really I hadn't does, seen right? this movie in twenty plus years, when I, until I watched it a couple of years ago, I could remember every beat of that end mm-hmm. scene because it. Like as a kid, it was just like gripping. Mm-hmm. So there is a theory about this. Um, I don't know if this involves religion. I don't know really what religions, but it says like kneel before the breath of God, and you see one because you kneel when you feel the breath of God. You kneel, and one buzzsaw doesn't cut off your head, but there's one right in front of him as well. So there's two buzzsaws that will get you. So kneeling is the old Christian way of like you kneel down before the word of the Lord, and the first one, if you kneel and then bow. You get your head cut off, so only a true Christian can get this, which yeah. is kind of crazy, right? Hmm. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I do. I do like the blade yeah. scene, which again I think is another practical fact. Yeah, because guys are getting like it's their a, heads. Well, you see, kind of again, it's not you don't quite see the ghost, but there's like some kind of spirit in the webs, and I think that was a cool effect. I think the, way the, they the, made the breath it. of God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the way they made it work, though, I thought was was very cool. Um, and yeah, I like the whole old dude night thing. And mm-hmm. well, how do you spell like there. a Jehovah? But like with the oh, yeah, uh, jumping yeah. on the, uh, but I like he's like, In finally, finally, way. I get to leave. Yeah. You're gonna take over for me, right? Yeah. And Indiana Jones is like, no, I just, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I will say, even though I think there's so many great set pieces in there, I don't. Like I don't think any of them are as good as like the minecart chase, maybe in mm-hmm. Temple, or even maybe the opening in Temple, and or the or, truck. Or the, um, the truck and the the arc, or even the the ball. Like, mm-hmm. I think some, if I'm yeah. doing like top ten sequences, those are going to be probably ahead of some of these. But like overall, I feel like these there's like more more overall um, scenes. And again, there there's a lot of great stuff. Like the tank sequences, yeah, is, the battle on the tank awesome. is, is is pretty complex and incredible. I love uh, where he the, he shoots the three. They're kind of like in a row. Yeah, they fall like down <laughs> like dominoes. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just this film. It's like. It's not 
dark like temple of doom you don't get me in the right mood it's just like this fun kind of pg like again there is some blood, yeah, there are not, some like it's not too like i think yeah. radio's arc has a lot more scenes you know that when you're you're seeing people get shot in the head a couple of times mm-hmm. face melt up i actually think too i think this the effect in this one where the guy oh, yeah. comes, no, it looks I, so much i think better, that's actually yeah. better i mean the other one's bloodier and cool yeah. too but this one, I guess Spielberg wanted it to be kind of all in one shot. I think it is, is like three shots, but he didn't want it to look like an it took effect. Three days, yeah, That's and it looks crazy. fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Again, like that looks fantastic. Like, <laughs> no fucking clue how they did that. Like that, no. that would be tough. Like seeing the face literally decay. Yeah, on yeah, because even him, you see him get older just by like makeup, and then it goes from like that to clay. Yeah, it's a, it, it's got a. I, I I do think they use some. There was some digital stuff in there, like early digital stuff mm. uh, as well. But uh, yeah, it's an incredible. And even effect. like there, there's a couple effects that don't necessarily work, like where the 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 jet uh, the jet chase, um, sorry, fighter plane chase, and he's in the uh, I guess are they on a motorcycle and they go in the tunnel, and you can tell where the the plane's driving next to him and it's on fire. <laughs> yeah. You can tell it's a bat, like it, yeah. it looks like an effect. But there's like a charm to it. I don't know. Yeah. Like it never yeah. feels like, oh, that looks shitty. Well, there's still a lot of like matte paintings yeah. and stuff in this. But um, yeah, I, I I think most of them. Like the castle, I, I think is matte painting. They added to it. But that looks fine yeah. to me. I, I mean, it's at nighttime. So I think actually really that's done better in this movie mm-hmm. than the other two. I, I feel like they really kind of like have a good, really nice blend of those. Where Raiders, that's one of the things occasionally where it's like, probably rushed a little bit sometimes some of the mats like look worse than the mats that were done in the 1940s which shouldn't mm-hmm. be the be the case yeah they can just blend better these days or something i don't know i think i think it was just like he knew how to do them better and shoot them better since yeah that could he be had made too. two other movies i think he talked about that and um and actually wanted to do it for the next one one yeah. thing i don't like know if you mentioned it yeah. in the other films but the the Willem scream, it plays a big part. <laughs> in the, so the bridge many. scene, Temple Doom, this one a lot. I, am I the only one that kind of gets like giddy every time? Yeah. I, like, I love that. <laughs> Anytime someone dies, you hear that scream. I don't know. It just it makes me chuckle. But yeah, that is a lot in this, um, especially that shootout in the desert. I noticed it like three times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even try to hide it, I don't think. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have too much else to say. Like to me, this is just. Uh, yeah, so what are we going to give it? It's one I grew up with and I, I just find it like entertaining. For, I don't have. Too many faults. I love the interplay between him and uh, Sean Connery. Sean Connery. I just think, yeah, they're they're so fun together. Uh, I'm going nine out of ten. Oh, I was going to yeah. go nine and a half. Nine and a half. Wow. Yeah, I really, I, I really dig this movie. Um, that would be two, because wasn't Raiders was no, Raiders was a ten. Perfect wow. movie. So this is your series, man. I'm telling you, man. I, I I'm going to still give it a maniac. This is an eight for me. Yeah. Uh, I just find like it, it it's a really solid movie. I rarely get like super excited by a lot of the set pieces, mm-hmm. but I love. The, they're all good. They're all solid. Mm-hmm. But it, I kind of like what you were saying, Kyle. Like none of them would be like, "Oh my god, did you see that 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 you know yeah. that, that boat that, getting chopped up yeah. by the uh, propeller?" Like, that's cool. That's that's a great sequence. <laughs> but it does feel occasionally like a James Bond movie. <laughs> yeah, James Bond movie, which. Yeah. I I like the, I like more the scope of them going and trying to find the grail and find each other mm. at the same time. Uh, I, I love the interplay between Harrison Ford and Sean Connery. I think it uh, honestly, like it, it's, it's a special, special duo. Uh, and once he gets in there, it really picks up for mm. me. 
And I, lo- I love the prologue. The prologue might be the one set piece that I actually yeah. I would probably put up with some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so still, a maniac. We got, maniac. We got two, maniacs two maniacs out of three so far. Uh, I don't have too much for trivia. It, this film had a budget of forty-eight million, was a huge hit, four hundred and seventy-four point two million. Uh, this Biggest re- of the year. Yeah, this released uh, over the four-day right? Memorial Day weekend and earned a record thirty-seven, blah 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 million. Um, I think its three-day week opening weekend was surpassed later that year by Ghostbusters two and Batman. Um, and Batman ended up being the top movie in North America, but Last Crusade was the overall top movie worldwide of the year. What a crazy year! Um, and uh, yeah, th- this is a weird one though. It was, it is, the, it's technically, I think it's like the last place of all the yeah. films. Uh, I think it's third place, but if you adjust uh, inflation for inflation, then Temple of Doom actually surpasses it, um, which. I think is the lowest one, non just not adjusted for inflation. So the, the, we're we're going to see the biggest one next week, right? It's the it's the biggest. It's the highest grossing. It's the highest grossing. It, it might be just because, yeah. I think yeah. If, if you're not including inflation, yeah. Um, I mean, again, I think that I was reading like tickets then where were they four dollars or something, yeah. whereas now you know more when, people saw it, yeah. And even when 2007 tickets were. Probably not as high now, but they're probably still twelve, thirteen yeah. bucks. I'm, I'm thinking around that time. Probably some IMAX screenings that were even more expensive. And I think 2007 is when they started adding. I don't know if like all the other shit was out then, but uh, IMAX I think definitely was. Right? Mm. Oh, IMAX um, was around like uh, I think late 90s. Yeah, say early aughts. Yeah, late 90s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else to? I to think that's it. Yeah. I guess you have a choice of us listening to podcasts, and you have chosen wisely. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, if you want to talk about Indiana Jones with us or you want to get on and talk about 2007 movies yeah, or, or slasher slashers. movies, uh, hit us up uh, at uh, on Instagram at Movie City Maniacs. Uh, Movie City Maniacs at gmail.com. And Facebook, we have group page like page Movie City Maniacs. Uh, yeah, we'll be back with one more episode uh, of Jones uh, covering the, uh, the Crystal Skull. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how they all rank out. And then I guess we'll hopefully get to see the new one and uh, see where that fits in this, uh, this series as well. All right, Amazing. guys. Stay scared. Yeah, stop eating your jube jubes, man. It's not jube jubes. It's uh, yeah, whatever. This is. <laughs> I love the ind- how <laughs> indignant he was. <laughs> it's not jube jubes. Someone slapped me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> now with your dick. <laughs> Come on, don't be gross. <laughs>